You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple, to empower people towards a life-giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you, Lauren. You may be seated. What's happening, everyone? How you doing? If you're standing in the back, um, we want to welcome you. We're really glad you're here. Um, there is a place for you. We have some seats. If you have a seat next to you, um, can you raise your hand and just like maybe hold up how many seats you have around you? Um, we've got two over here. We got. Go ahead and start moving. We're really glad you're here. There's some up front. If you're feeling like really brave at here at the Gallagher Show. Um, there's, yeah, you won't get like a rain jacket or anything like that. Um, my name is Stephen Poor, and I'm one of the pastors of part of this community. And what a community we have. Uh, it's pretty neat to be a part of a place that is two communities becoming one to be commissioned um, here in our city, to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Um, right now, we're in a series that's called Redefining Names. And last week, Drew talked about how... Oftentimes, we need to redefine generosity. We need to redefine the ways in which God is inviting us to participate in this work that God is calling us to. Now, before I kick things off, we got Casey in the back, and he is the best, the best kids volunteer. No, that's not true. We have a lot of kids, great kids volunteers, but Casey's a really good one. Um, Young friends, go on back with Casey. Y'all are going to have your own lesson. Y'all are going to play together. Let's clap for our friends. We're so glad you're in worship with us. We like you a lot because you're you. So here's the deal. I want you to take a moment and ask your neighbor a very, very important question. What was your first AOL screen name? Maybe it was Border Chick. Um, X, maybe, maybe it was um, Sh Shred Flintstone. I don't know. Maybe it was Shred Roger. I don't know what your screen name was. Maybe it was on Club Penguin. Maybe it was your first email address. What was your first screen name or username? Go ahead and share it with your neighbors next to you. Let's see what we come up with. What was your first email address? What was your first username, screen name? What was your first username, screen name? Oh, nice. back. Is anybody like have a really amazing one? Maybe one that just embodies all things high school, middle school student. Anybody want to share? Be bold. Anyone? Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, anyone else want to share? Yeah. Lil, L-I-L? Lil Troublemaker. Anyone else? Anybody else have a great username? Club Penguin? Yeah. Yeah. 
Rock four, number life. Ow, life, yeah, that's cool. Wow. Um, anyone else want to share? And you, <laughs> payable on death. Um, we are, we are, youth of a nation. Oh, you were before it. Oh, you're OG. Dude, yeah, I mean, no, I get it. Look, regardless of our usernames, regardless of our screen names, here is what is true about all of us. Um, we all wake up, don't we? We all wake up in the morning, and we all have bad breaths, and then suddenly we put on the clothes that define us, right? We all wake up as humans, and as soon as we look at our phones, suddenly we are taken to a new place. And as soon as we put on our clothes for the appropriate activities of the day, we leave the houses as lawyers, pastors, financial analysts, students, maybe friends. Once we leave the liminal, liminality between sleep and awake, we'll be placed into society's subcategories for order and labeling. We'll self-identify as conservatives or liberals, rich or poor, earnest or cynical, fun-loving or somewhat serious. But when we first emerge from sleep, have you ever thought about your humanness? How you're nothing. You're just human. You're just you. Unimpressive. Vulnerable. Smelly. And newly born into the day ahead of you. It's a wonderful space to be, isn't it? And here is what many of us in here allow to happen. I think if we're all really honest, once we put on our clothes, once we we'll exit our doors, we allow our doing to precede our being. We allow our doing to define us before our simple being who God has invited us to be. Then comes the trap of comparison. We look at the things that define us. We look at the names given to us, maybe said to us, the words that occupy us, and we start to what? Compare ourselves against other people's names identities, the clothes they wear, the titles that they, in fact, hold. And we replay the names of our failures over and over again. Our shortcomings are not enoughs, the names that just do not cut it. And like Admiral Akbar says, it's a trap. It's a trap. Uh, Star Wars, I mean, so good. Way cooler than Star Trek, am I wrong? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, amen. Like, look, I, it's unpopular opinion. I, but if you're doing this, you're not cool. No, I'm just kidding. I'm down, I'm down with Star Trek. It's cool, it's cool. 
I don't want to get sidetracked. But here's what's true. It's a trap. And the names we compare and the names we embody, they leave us unable to be the people that God invites us to be. And I want you to check out one of my favorite quotes lately. It's by a rabbi. His name is Rabbi Zusha. And it says this, because when I get to heaven, I know God's not going to ask me, why weren't you more like Moses? Or why weren't you more like King David? But I'm afraid that the question that God will ask me is, Zusha, why weren't you more like Zusha? Chris, why weren't you more like Chris? Amy, why weren't you more like Amy? And what if I told you that God has a different name for you? What if all the labels, the identities, and clothes we wear that make us who we are daily mean nothing to God's calling us, to what God is calling us? What if we're invited to redefine our names, not based on our lack or our accomplishments, but on the way that God sees us? Have you ever considered the baptism of Jesus, the text we read today? When we hear all the grand stories of Jesus, it's easy for us to forget about his average humanity. The messy hair, the heavy-eyed mornings, the waking and wondering if he would cut mahogany as an average carpenter, or maybe something different. The names he was given because he was from a certain part of town that people would often wonder, does anything good come from that part of town? Before Jesus ever performed a miracle, he went to Hebrew school. In fact, from what we know, he took up his father's trade of being a carpenter instead of being discipled as one of the brightest minds in Judaism, which would have been his academic next step if he had shown some sort of promise. Isn't it funny that the one worthy of so much fanfare, so much worship and celebration, lived 30 years in somewhat obscurity? But before he fasted for 40 days in the wilderness, before he healed anyone, before he would say things that would be designed to overthrow the hierarchy and the power of its time, he stepped into the moment of Matthew's gospel. At that time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. And John tried to stop him and said, I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. And Jesus answered, allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill righteousness. I am but a human, and so are you. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. And when Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was opened up, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I dearly love. I find happiness, happiness in him. Imagine with me, 
Jesus is sitting in a crowd, waiting like everyone else to be baptized by the prophet John, just like everyone, waiting to hear like we've all done. Jesus emerges out of the water, an ordinary man. He opens his eyelids to the light, and he squints just like everyone else. Hair soaked, water dripping down the face, just as basic as basic can be. And the Spirit of God shows up and reminds him first that he is loved and that God is happy, happy with him. Did you know that God is happy with you? Did you know that God is happy with you? And yet some of us, we don't believe it. We can't fathom it. Before a miracle was performed, before engaging in three years of public ministry, before being sacrificed on a cross, Jesus said, this is my son, and I'm happy with him. You see, God doesn't love you if you change. God loves you so that you can change. Does that make sense to everyone? God doesn't love you if you change. God loves you so that you can change. Not only who you are inside, that you can look at yourself in the mirror and not replay those mixtapes. You remember mixtapes in the 90s? Where you play this, yeah. You would like record the song on the radio and sometimes you would get the commercial. I get it. But isn't it true that many of us, like a mixtape, we replay the same names that have been spoken over us, maybe harmful, hurtful words that have been said to us, the not enoughs, the never good enoughs, because you don't have X, Y, and Z that you'll never be. Are you with me? We replay those names over and over, and God doesn't love you if you change those names. God doesn't love you. If you change something about you, God loves you so that you can fully embody the happiness that God is extending to you. We are marked from our first waking moment by an identity that's given to us by grace, an identity that is deeper, more real than other identities that we will don that day. And when we believe that we are loved, when there is a divine being that is happy with us, we're motivated to change our habits, our relationships, the words we speak over ourselves. When we are willing to change names, adopt new names, we can embody our truest identity of loved and a divine being that delights in us. This is why as a community, we are changing our name. We are changing our name because we are two communities coming together as one. And it's a little confusing to have two church names, isn't it? Isn't it? But each church name, it has an attached story. 
that doesn't fully represent the places that God is inviting us to go. That doesn't necessarily encompass the truest form of our identity as a collective. You see, lots has changed, and we believe God is speaking a new name over us to call us forth in our collective efforts, our mission of not only naming ourselves beloved, but telling our community that they too are fully loved. This is the place that God is inviting us to go. You see, names take us somewhere, don't they? Names give us the power, the invitation, the calling to be something that is not only transformed, but it re-records a new song over the mixtape. <laughs> no longer are you a failure because your marriage didn't last. No longer are you a bad mother because your child didn't go to church as often as you wanted. longer are you different or wrong because you've tried to have a child and you can't. You are a new name. You are beloved by a God that is happy with you. It's simple. It's maybe patronizing to some of you. But I believe we need to hear it. So you have some homework this week. We all hate homework. Before you pick up your phone, before you put on clothes for the day, what name is God inviting you to say over yourself? What song are you going to record on that mixtape that you're going to play? Who are you invited to fully be? Not the names of lack, but the names of the I am. The names of the more than enough the names that God is already calling you. May you find a new name, a new song, a new hope, a new belief in the names that Christ is calling you. In the name of the three in one. Amen.
Sing with me, right? Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my name be known? Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? Will you leave yourself behind if I but call your name? Will you care for cruel and kind and never be? the same will you risk the hostile stare should your life attract or scare will you let me answer prayer in you and you in me Let's go. will you let the blinded see if I but call your name, will you set the prisoners free and never be the same? Will you kiss the leper clean and do such as this unseen and admit to what I mean? to a time in our service when we may respond to the grace of God as we feel called and led. And so we join in this time of generosity when we